All right, welcome back to Lawler Arena here on the campus of Merrimack. Merrimack out shoots BU 11-4 in that second period as a 26-17 edge through two periods, but the most important number is on the scoreboard where the Warriors lead BU 3-1. Mike Macknick with John Leahy, and joining us is Warrior alum Casey Kesselring, class of 1998. And, uh, well, Casey, we'll talk a little about that 98 uh, team, the team that you were on that beat BU in the playoffs. But uh, first of all, a couple of periods here through two periods of play. Uh, uh, I guess your impression of the game tonight. I think that uh, the Merrimack looked really good. I really like the line of uh, Sheen's line. That line, the third line, Flanagan, and uh, I think it's Madsen. They give them a lot of energy and give them solid minutes. And Obviously, everybody's, everybody in the league knows about DaCosta, so they're all watching him. But the freshman line chipped in with a big goal. And, I mean, you can't be a one-trick one pony in this league. You have to have more than one or two guys scoring, and you know, Merrimack looked good. And you mentioned the goal at the end of the second period. Big, just as BU got one at the end of the first. Yeah, I, I mean, any coach will tell you a goal in the last minute or the first minute of the period is huge. And you know, scoring 12 seconds left to take a two-goal lead at home in a place that's tough to play is uh, is a good thing for the Warriors. Casey, you played on the Warrior team that was the last team to advance, or the only one so far actually to advance to the Garden, the uh, the semifinals of the Hockey East tournament. You beat the BU at the time number one in the country, two games out of three in what then Walter Brown Arena. Now they play at Aganis Arena, but uh, I think back to that series uh, got to be one of the memorable moments of your hockey career. Yeah, that was one. That was definitely the highlight of my four years at Merrimack. Uh, I think just going through the line and looking on the faces of the guys on their team, Drury and, and the guys that just in disbelief. That was that made my four years that one weekend. You think back to I know you guys had lost the last 12 games of the regular season, and they had really taken it to you in the last game uh, of that regular season, less than a week before. I think it was a Sunday night game. You played them, and they won nine to one. And then you came back to play them on Friday, so five days later, uh, and then you guys turn it completely upside down, and you win four to one. I mean, what what changed between Sunday and Friday of that week? I think just the fact that I mean, I know for myself being a senior, that was it. You know, you're going to empty the tank, and I think the coaching staff made a concerted effort. We shortened the bench big time. We didn't play a lot of guys. We went with our we had, if the people can remember back, it's getting to be a while now, but we had some pretty high-level guys on our top couple lines, and you know, coach really rode us hard, and it, I mean, that's what we needed to do to win. Tom Welby made, what, 100 saves in that series? Unbelievable. Yeah, he, that was one weekend of his career. He made his whole career that one weekend. I mean, Hank Scoville was on the ice for every face-off in our own zone. He played unbelievable, and uh, Marty LaRoche and uh, Ports and Reggie Stranger, so it was a, we had a pretty good special group. You won that first night 4-1. to one. BU was ranked number one in the country at the time, as we said. Uh, and you, you mentioned Chris Drury. They had five of the best players in the country that they could put out at any given time. Tom Bodie on that team as well. But I remember uh, after the first uh, you guys win the first game 4-1, to one, and then the second night, uh, if I remember right, Nesson comes in and does the game on TV because they're like, gee, this, this series might be interesting. And, and they do that second game, and, and, and you guys lose by the score. I think 6-5, to five, six to five, a lot of power play goals. And, and I remember talking with Sean Grant. He was now the play-by-play voice of the Boston Celtics, but he was doing the game that night on TV for, for Nesson. It might, it might have been uh, Sports Channel, whatever it was. But he was doing the game. And I remember him coming up to the press box after and saying, there's no chance. You, you had to win tonight if you were going to win the series. And yet you guys came out the next night and you were able to win the game anyway and win the series. Yeah, it's funny. That, that second game was probably the best game of the series. I think there was 10 lead changes back and forth, tons of power play goals, lots of action. But... You know, some, I think the, the the turning point in Game Three was when they had the five on three, and 
Drury missed that open netter. Welby dove across and stopped it. Guzier comes out of the box and scores five holes. You know, that kind of... We, we were thinking, okay, we believe now we can pull this off. When you guys were down 2 to nothing at that point, second period, on the road, number one team in the country, they had, as you said, the five on three, and you are able to kill that off, and, and you mentioned Guzier comes out of the box and scores. If I remember right, then you guys ended up with a power play on, on the back end of that. I think it may have been Chris... Five on three, John Piliotis. Right. I, I took a slapper, missed the net, bounced right out to him, empty netter. That tied the game. That was big. Now... The Gouger goal, the turnaround there, uh, getting that short-handed goal out of the box. Yeah, yeah. The Goose steps out of the box. They just could have went up three nothing. Basically, game's over on the road. We come out, score. All of a sudden, we're on a five-on-three. Now we score, and now it's a brand new game, and everybody's going, "Okay, we one period. We're we're going to the garden." Not. Do you remember? Uh, like it was yesterday, the, the, the feeling when that game was over? Yeah, it was just unbelievable. I mean, it was the bookends of my career, my freshman year. If you remember, it was only one playoff game. And I remember losing there in the one game, and we played them really hard. I think it was a one-goal game. And I'll, I'll never forget the look on, like, Matt Adams and the seniors' faces that night. It was special to go through. Talking with Casey Kesselring, uh, Merrimack alum class of 98. Uh, you talked about the talent on that club in 98. If I remember right, you, Marty LaRoche, uh, Chris Porter, and, uh, of course, Reggie Strange. If I remember right, the four of you were in the top ten in the country in scoring. That's amazing. Yeah, we, I think I, I led the team in scoring as a junior with 38 points at 44 as a senior and finished fourth. <laughs> so, I mean, Reggie had 59 and Ports and Marty had 52 and 3. And, I mean, Scoville almost had 40 as a defenseman. So, I mean, we had a really good power play that year. And, and that's where you get your points when you're, when you're a, a skilled guy. So, we were able to take advantage of that. And it was a lot of fun. What was it about the team that year? I mean, like you said, you guys could score with anybody, but it seemed as though, I guess, defense, if anything, uh, it's, it's funny because the year before, you guys were a pretty solid defensive club, and, and you picked up the offense even more the next year, but, but the uh, pucks ended up going in the other way, too. Uh, it was one of those things where the class of 97 had Marty Legault, which was, you know, he gets overlooked, probably could have been the best goalie ever to play at Merrimack since they've been Division One, and you lose him and Eric Tebow, who was a solid backup, and now you're going two new goalies, you know, we had some younger guys back on the point, you know, we just weren't as good as, Merrimack was known as a defensive team when I came in, and, you know, we had to win games 5-4 that year, we weren't winning the 2-1 game, so it was just a different, you had to play to your personnel. Again, we're talking with Casey Kessler, he's the head coach at Pinkerton Academy, how are you guys look this year? I think we'll be pretty good, we've got a couple young guys that are, uh, that have a chance to be good players, and, uh, you know, it, it always comes down to goaltending. Got a senior coming back, so I think we'll be in the mix. Now your boy's up at the UNH. We'll see him in a couple of weeks. Uh, Paul Thompson looking pretty good. Yeah, Paul Thompson's a Pinkerton Academy alum, so he had my first two years, so uh, he's doing well, and I think I'm going to have a few more. Hopefully, people will be seeing on TV soon. Do you have any other alums right now playing in Division One? Not Division One. A few guys playing D3. And then uh, I have a kid, uh, a 94, that's going to be a sophomore. That he's going to be a special player. Now, is it one of the challenges that's got to be that you have, you know, to keep players there? Uh, junior hockey such a pull at this point. Yeah, I try and just do a good. I mean, I try and do a job just educating the parents on what they should do. I mean, I, nobody's going to Merrimack College at a Pinkerton Academy, so if they're ready to leave, I'll more than encourage them to leave if, it, if it's going to help them. But it, you know, a lot of kids, there's so much junior hockey out there that's, you know maybe not, they're not ready for, they don't need, it's not going to help them get to the next level. That I try to just advise the parents on that and be smart and enjoy high school, but there comes a point that the top players, they, they, have to, they have to move on at some point.
Is this the first time you've been back to the rink here since the, the renovations have been done? No, I actually came, uh, since I only live a half hour away, we came, uh, my family loves coming, so my wife's a Merrimack alum basketball player, and we bring the kids. We were at the BC game a couple weeks ago and saw that game, so it's a lot of fun. We like coming back and taking my boys down to the locker room. Coach is great with uh, letting the kids in the locker room and stuff like that, so we have a lot of fun coming back. You know, the alumni have been so instrumental in getting a lot of this stuff done, and it seems like there's really been uh, a connection between the alumni and, and the program and the administration more so than in a long time. Yeah, well, I think winning is going to do that. I mean, you got to be realistic about it when you put a better product on the ice, and, you're, and the alum see the, the right things yep. being done. And you know, we, I want to—I know personally, I want to support it. I got four great years here, and and uh, a lot of good memories. So I do what I can to help out and try and encourage other guys to do the same. Casey Kesselring, our guest here. Uh, your kids are playing too, right? That's right. Yeah, I got a ten-year-old son that's a squirt major, and my my little old four is playing mites. So. Uh, maybe in a few years they'll be out here. All right, Casey, great to see you as always. Uh, take care and say hello to everybody over there, uh, the other alums. Thanks very much. That's Casey Kesselring. Merrimack class of 98 been our guest, also the head coach of Pinkerton Academy, New Hampshire Coach of the Year a couple of years ago, and also state champions in the state of New Hampshire. Casey, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Mike.